Well, I guess we're rolling. Is that is that how you Action. say it? Action. Welcome to the Marvel Forest Podcast. <laughs> I'm Jesse. I'm Amber. And uh, we're going to tell you a story today. We are. Welcome again. Oh, yeah, because I already said that. You did, but I wanted to say it. Oh, okay. I wanted to also let people know I was happy they were here. Oh, okay. Yes, we are very happy that you're here. So, I have a story for you today. What kind of story? Cannibal tacos. Oh. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Are you intrigued? <laughs> Disturbed and intrigued, but go on. So, I don't know where this guy is, but he in was in a motorcycle accident and had to have his leg amputated. And so, he asked the doctor if he could have his leg. Did he eat himself? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, him and a select group of friends fucking made tacos and shit with... Hold on, what was it specifically? Fajita tacos with <laughs> the meat of his leg. What is wrong with people? I don't know, but like, and so like, it posed a question to me internally. <laughs> like, if I was ever to, because le- it's legal. The way he did it is completely legal. <laughs> okay. Or at least I am pretty sure it's legal. Who uh, knows if it's legal? Yeah. Or ethical. It was ethical. It's his leg. Yeah, it's his leg. He chose to do with it as he pleased. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so he invited a group of friends over and they fucking cooked it. And so I'm like sitting there. I'm like, if I was one of the friends that get invited over for your leg cookout, like, <laughs> would I do it? <laughs> I don't think I could eat it. I don't think I could either. Because so I have things about it pretty much being like. If this is the best meat I've ever tasted in my life, I'm fucking screwed. Well, that's that's true, too. <laughs> because I feel like I'd be willing to try it. I feel like I just couldn't get past that it was my friend's leg. But, like, he was giving it to you as a taco. Yeah, but I could not get past that. I feel like, Jesse, you had to have your leg amputated for some reason. Yes. And you're like, Amber, come on over. We're getting tacos. And I come over and you're chopping up your own leg. No, I call make. it leg steak. <laughs> <laughs> we barbecue it on the grill. We put a bunch of spices on it. Oh my God. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, pretty much, uh, there's pictures of it. If you want oh, to no. scroll through this article, but, Apparently, one of his friends did spit him out. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, and they made it, like, medium rare. And I'm like, I feel like a, a leg should be well done. Um, <laughs> I don't really know, like, why, but I feel like you should just make the leg well done. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> that is my weird story of this week. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of nasty, but interesting. Yeah, it does. It does like answer a question, I guess, vaguely. If you know you were to lose a leg, would people eat it? I guess they do. <laughs> I guess that happens <laughs> <laughs> in the apocalypse when you have to murder to survive. Oh God. <laughs> 
Because I tell you Theo's living, but no one else is. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. And then, like, I also dove down a bunch of deep holes on the internet of looking into things. I'm sure. Um, Not about cannibals. I got, uh, I got, there was a, you know, like, those articles where they put a bunch of whisper, like, things in? Yeah. And you just read through it? So I was reading through a bunch of, like, single dads that posted the whisper that lost their wives in childbirth. Oh, so sad. It, it was so sad. But then I I was just like, why, why, I feel like this is too popular of a thing. Come to find out, it is way too popular of a thing for us in the United States. Oh, no. Yeah. So, like, I think it was, like, seven to nine hundred women die a year from That's complications crazy. from childbirth. That is always and something 80% I eighty percent of it is preventable. Wow, because people aren't prepared, and I'm like, why are you not prepared? This is a hospital. Like, well, some people probably just don't. You know, it, there's like an increase in people who don't give birth in hospitals anymore. Yeah, well, I'm. You can cut my stomach open and put my guts on my chest for all I care. I don't. I don't. I don't want to numb me up. I don't really care. <laughs> If you're at a hospital? No, I'm going to be at a hospital. Yeah. I'm going to be at the best hospital. And they're going to numb me up and put my guts on my chest. <laughs> that was gross. <laughs> you said Theo went to work. What did What did Theo do at work with Brendan? Literally just got tied to Brendan's desk and sat there and met new people and dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did he do good? Uh, from what I hear, sort of. I mean, he's still young. He's a little guy. Yeah, he's a little guy. Apparently, he kept trying to chew on his leash, and he kept barking at everything. Oh. Like, everything. He tried. <laughs> he did try. But apparently, like, they opened, like, the bay door, because it's, like, his office, like, it's, like, one of those places with, like, an office and then a warehouse in the back. Yeah. And so, pretty much, the entire space is office. Pretty much, Brendan's cubicle is in a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they opened the bay door to the warehouse, and Theo was just barking at it. But if you didn't notice, I have uh, patio furniture sitting on the front of my house right now. Yeah. And when I, I did ca- notice that. Yeah, and when I came home with Theo today, uh, he, he was it was very suspicious to him. Everything is suspicious to him. He's so little. He's I know. <laughs> so he almost tripped me when we walked outside to finally take a picture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Finally take a picture of Tim the Soup Ghost for the internet to see. <laughs> Check our Instagram. Like, yeah, look at if our If you want to know what our, our podcast fern looks like. More yeah. more active on Twitter because it's easier because we've got like a squad going on we on do Twitter. Have, we, have, we have a podcast squad. We have a like, cool squad. Like, shout out to the lovely Craftians for like our podcast squad. Yeah, we've got them. We've got a few. I don't know if I've texted you them lately because... Um, no, you need to text me them. I'm Jeez. sorry. I need to know if people like us or not. So we have um, Ballad of the Seven Dice. They always tweet our stuff. and um, So that's cool. Yeah. We appreciate that. We also have someone who's been following us for a while, um, Pacific North Wonder. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to them. They always talk to us and yeah. comment. Share share our shit to more people. We've got lots of people that follow we'll us. We'll be your friends. Grave Girls Podcast, they always comment on us. I should just, like, stalk the Twitter account. You really should stalk the Twitter. I am constantly <laughs> posting and, like, reblogging people, or I'm trying to. But we've got some people, they follow us, and it's great. So, 
I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much going on exciting to tell you about. Yeah, neither do I. All right. Wanna... I guess we're going to just jump in. Dive in. Dive in. I like dive. Dive? Dive, That's drive. A... You said I like jive in. I yeah, still like jive in. Let's just jive into it, right? <laughs> when we make this like a... Uh... A video podcast as well, like Rooster Teeth. <laughs> we'll literally jive in we'll the room. literally just jive in. <laughs> we could have, like, a fun shirt of, like, look at us drawn at jiving and just say, let's just jive in. <laughs> oh, my God. It'll be perfect. All right. Let's jump. Let's jive on in. <laughs> yep. Let's jive right in there. I love your dance moves every time we talk about jiving. Yep. Got got to do the jazz hands. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Is it me? It is Amber. It's me. I feel like Devin chooses Amber now. I feel like Siri chose me. Devin chooses me. Yeah. Let's go back to Siri. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. Okay, so today I'm doing another cryptid. Yay! So, are you ready for the cryptid I'm doing today? I don't. I don't know. I feel like you've already asked me that question. Well. I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to start reading you a little bit and then I'm going to ask you if you think you know what it is. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm going to be really bad at this. It's fine. I love okay. it. Okay. So on November 12, 1966 in Clendenin, West Virginia, that's probably butchered, but I'm going with it. Yeah. Five gravediggers working in a cemetery noticed something that they described as a brown human being that flew over their heads, flying from tree to tree. Mothman. Or it is Mothman. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm so happy. Just I was try. so fucking focused on what you were saying. <laughs> like, I was just like, all right, place. I was like, what is it? flying know it <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny because in this like a lot of people describe it in so many different colors but we'll get there this is often f- thought to be the first known sighting of what became known as the mothman yay nailed it <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm still super excited for nailing no it. i'm glad i really okay. wanted to ask you to see if you could guess it okay. <laughs> i'm glad you turned this into a game yeah it's a fun game yeah. right So three days later, on November 15th, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallette, Mallette, sure, told the police that they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with a 10-foot wingspan. The creature followed their car while they were driving. Jeepers style? Yep. (laughs) Uh, followed their car while they were driving in an area outside of town. It was known as TNT area or the TNT area. The site was a former World War II munitions plant. Okay. So Roger and Steve told the local paper about what they had seen. Also, sidebar that I forgot to mention here because it's on a side note thing. You know how I do my notes yep. really crappily. Yep. So also the following day after... They noticed they saw this. Linda Scarberry was rushed to the hospital after a mental breakdown. I would have a fucking mental breakdown, too. Would you not? Like, if someone is something, like, 
A giant moth is flying at my car trying to chase me because it's attracted to my headlights because it's a moth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Was chasing me. People thought I was crazy. I feel like I I would break. I would be... I would go insane because I'd want to know what it was. Yeah. And that would be the hardest thing for me because I also really would not want to know what it was, (laughs) but I would want to know. Yeah, exactly. So... Roger and Steve, when they were telling the police, they also described it as, so aside from having a large 10-foot wingspan, they claimed it had bright red eyes that sat six inches apart. It also seemed as though it wanted to avoid the bright headlights of the car like a moth. The creature- Avoid? I thought moths want to go to the light. I've seen a giant fucking moth in my garage just go ham at a, ha- at a I think light. bugs just always go ham at lights, but... <laughs> go hard. Never mind. <laughs> like, I've seen a bug's life. <laughs> do you remember that part in a bug's life? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I think that is um, true facts for all bugs. They all love the lights. They all love lights. So the creature was able to fly at speeds greater than 100 miles per hour, although he was a clumsy runner. Wait, question. As I raise my hands, ask my question. Yes. What year is this? 1966. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So this was all witnessed after the creature allegedly chased their moving vehicle to the outskirts of town. Okay. So knowing the sighting must sound absurd to a small Appalachian community, Scarberry insisted that he could it couldn't be a figment of his imagination, assuring the paper... If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have seen anything. But I, there were four of us who saw it. Yeah. No, that completely makes sense. He's pretty much being like, there was four fucking people with me. You think we're all crazy? Right. It's like the, well, I guess it's like the fully adieu. Fully adieu? Yeah, that. Yeah. But fine psychosis or whatever. Four the- people saw it. Yeah. So. So, question. Yes. In the 1960s. We have bug zappers. Like, why don't we just make a giant fucking bug zapper? <laughs> Set like, it up in Point Pleasant. Yeah. And it just glows this weird bluish purple color. And then we capture Mothman that way. Yeah. But he's dead because we electrocuted him. We but bug zapped him. We we bug zapped him. But then we can just, like, look into his body and see what's up. And come to find out, it's just a person in a costume with some wires. And it's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and we were Daphne and Velma this whole time. Oh. So during the next few days, other people reported similar sightings. Two volunteer firemen reported a, they seeing a large bird with red eyes. Do you think some people thought it was Batman? <laughs> like, I am the knight. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. There's a picture I want to show you, too. Okay. So the artist renderings of it, it doesn't, like, have a head. It's, like, just two eyes on a giant torso thing with wings. It sounds like a moth, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of not go back into all of the sightings. I'm going to go jump back to that, but I want to tell you what the police thought first. Okay. So Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sighting was due to an unusually large heron. I have some unusually large herons that Theo likes to bark at across the way, um, and I'm pretty sure their wingspan is not 10 feet. Right? And also, they definitely are just, like, birds. Yeah, they're birds. Not, like, a human with wings. So we'll get back into more theories in a second. So contractor Newell Partridge, sure, 
told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at the creature in in the field, because I believe it was like his yard, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. And at the time before he went and shined his flashlight out there, there was a buzzing and his TV was making a strange pattern on it. And there was, was on the roof. It was right before he heard a strange noise from outside. So when he investigated, that's he saw the... Does the Mothman cause electrical anomalies? The Mothman does some weird shit. Okay. So he also blamed the disappearance of his German Shepherd on the creature. Oh no, it took his doge. He believe it took his dog. Oh. So sad. You know, Brennan and I were taking Theo for a walk yesterday, and we saw a hawk, and I'm like, I'm really glad Theo's not hawk scooping size no more. Right. What if... That would be so horrible, but just picture this for a second. Ready? <laughs> no. What if you're just walking your dog, and out of nowhere, out of the sky, this giant mothman creature swoops down and takes your dog? I would try to hold on to his leash as much as possible, and we scooping up together. Because fair. I take him for a walk in a harness, so it's not really going to hurt him that much, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, Dr. Robert L. Smith, uh, associate professor of wildlife biology at West Virginia University, dismissed the notion of a flying monster stalking the town. So, this is despite more and more sightings coming in every day. Yeah. He attributed the sightings to a sandhill crane, which I have a picture of one for you. Okay. It's, um... Apparently stands almost as tall as the average adult man and bears a reddish flesh around its eyes. Here you go. This is what he thinks Mothman is. Oh, fuck you, sir. <laughs> Those are literally the things across the way from my house. <laughs> like, yeah, so they make weird fucking noises, though. <laughs> I mean, I can understand the idea that it has red on its face, but the red is not six inches apart. Yeah, the red is not six inches apart. It's not going to glow when shining a flashlight on it. No. It doesn't have legs like a human. It has legs like a flamingo. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. That's what he thought it was. That's what he's claiming. Yep. Yep. Well, I bet he has flamingo legs, too. <laughs> he just, like, He's the Mothman. In- Ooh. New theory. New, new twist. He doesn't want anyone to find out he's Mothman, so he's trying to throw people off his yeah, scent. Yeah, exactly. So, in, in his Batman Batman life. He has a Mothman cave <laughs> underneath his office at the it's in university. The, it, no, it's just in the, it's, it's in the crawl space underneath his house. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the next 13 months, there were over 100 sightings. It's quite a were, lot. Yeah. Were they all flying? No, I don't Could think so. Could the Mothman so. only go so far because of his wires because it's a Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep that he joke. can only he can only travel along like poles <laughs> like he, he likes spider-man like swings along poles okay so in addition point pleasant legend states that the creation of the mothman was nothing more than the work of a very committed prankster yeah so scooby-doo scooby-doo so the, well i don't think it's a prankster i think it's someone with a university uh income <laughs> They think that this person would be so committed, they even went as far as to hide in the abandoned World War II munitions plant that the creature was spotted near. Well, maybe he likes the ghost hunt. And so, like, he maybe. was just there, and then, like, people also want a ghost hunt, like me. And then they all show up, and then he's like, oh, shit, people, let me throw on my Mothman outfit. 
Do you think he can quick change into the Mothman outfit? Like, the wings I, are huge, right? What if, like, he's so mechanically inclined, they, like, fold underneath his clothes, and he just, like, rips his shirt off, and it just goes, woof! <laughs> <laughs> Your hand image was great. So, uh, the national press ended up running a story about the Mothman, and it spread the sensation across the country. Yeah. I'm going to start getting into a couple other things that are not necessarily in year order, but I will tell you the year. Okay. So on December 15th, 1967, the Silver Bridge collapsed and killed 46 people. So the official reason stated that it was failed welding. Yeah. That's the official. Bad engineering. Got it. However... In 1975, author John Keel connected the collapse of the bridge along with other supernatural events, UFO experiences, and other disasters with the Mothman. I, 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 that's getting a little far-fetched for me, sir. It might be a little far-fetched now. Wait a little longer into the story, and then I want to see your opinion again at the end. Okay. So he put his theories into the book, uh, The Mothman Prophecy, which also inspired a 2002 movie of the same name. So the idea behind this is that visitations from the Mothman predict impending doom. So this leads some believers to tie it to Chernobyl in... Oh, wait, I remember hearing about this. Yeah. 1986, the Mexican swine flu outbreak in 2009 and the 2011 nuclear disaster in Japan. Yeah. So the Mothman apparently also bears a striking resemblance. This is another kind of theory thing to several demon demon archetypes found among those who have experienced sleep paralysis. Oh, fuck that. Also, some people think that um, it the the visions of Mothman suggest that it's just an embodiment of human fear pulled from the depths of the collective unconscious. So they're like. So pretty much what I said earlier about that French word I can't pronounce. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell you a story of Mothman saving some people now. Okay, so he's now Batman. Yeah, now he's Batman. He's Batman and the Joker. He causes terror. And then he's like, but I'm a good person, so I guess I'll save these people. It's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, but it's also Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. So on September 10th, 1978... A group of miners in Freiburg, Germany, going with it, yep. came face to face with a seemingly headless creature with glowing red eyes on its chest, blocking the mine's entrance. At first, they thought it was a man in a trench coat. Yeah. Uh, but then they quickly realized it was not a coat, but it was large wings. That was his coat. He uses his wings as a coat. He's yep. chilly. The mines <laughs> get cold at night. So the men remained... In the mine's entrance, stunned and staring at the creature, until it let out a blood-curdling screech that sent the miners running. Yep. An hour later, the men felt a seismic rumble and witnessed a cloud of dust shooting from the mine as it collapsed. So he just prevented the Mothman from not going. The Mothman prevented them from going into where they would work. And so the men, if they wouldn't have seen the creature, this is what they believe, they would have all have died, and they dubbed it the Freeberg Shrieker, and that they that he saved their lives. Yep, Batman. Yeah. So, are you ready for some other uh, ideas? Yeah. Okay. Some claim that Mothman 
was seen hanging around the Twin Towers before the 9-11 attack. Okay, but like where? It's New York City. I saw Um, a picture and I'm going to see if I can find this picture really fast. Okay. The picture to me looks like a large bird, but I could kind of understand. Like I can kind of see a humanoid shape with long legs also. Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's sort of... It's hard. It's hard to understand. Like... Yeah, because the legs are definitely too thick to be... Bird legs. Bird legs. But, like, it could be a dinosaur. A di- maybe it's a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was spotted in New York and someone took a picture of that. Yes. Okay. So that is that is a claim. Okay. Just flying through the cities of New York. So... You wanted to see something on Broadway that night. In September of 2006 in La Crosse, Wisconsin... Sure. I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher this. It's a Cherokee name, and I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Okay. I'm going with Awuhali. Okay. So Awuhali is a Cherokee man, and him and his son were driving down an isolated stretch of road at night when the Mothman attacked them. Okay. Similar, kind of similar to the car previous. Okay. Awuhali told the, the creature flew alongside and then directly in front of the windshield of the car, close enough to touch. They got a really good look at it. He described it as a bat-like and fleshy, with sparse hair and red eyes the size of road reflectors. The monster had a very high-pitched screech that gave them vertigo and made their, them sick to their stomachs. So they stopped. Awahali's son pulled over and threw up on the side of the road. Okay. So they, they stopped for a second. And Af- what did they avoid? I mean, after that... There's not much about what happened else after that. It seemed like after that, the creature went away. They returned to the location a few days later. All they found was a deer carcass, but they thought that that could potentially be from poachers. Okay, so like, so the Mothman was probably saving them from a horrific car crash up the road. It could have been. Maybe. Who knows? Batman. (laughs) So the Mothman was also spotted in 2007 near the... I-35W Bridge in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A month after the Mothman sighting, on August 1st, the bridge collapsed during rush hour, killing 13 people and injuring 145 more. Okay. So this is just to further tell you how people think that this is a impending doom sort of creature. Okay. Do you know the answer to this question? On average, how frequent is the sighting of the Mothman in comparison to the disaster? No idea. Okay, so I need more statistics. This is than just that. some Wait, people's that you got it. Back up. So Devin just informed us that some people think that Mothman appears every seven years to warn of bad things. Okay. All right. So another sighting for you is this is an older sighting. This is older than the original story I told you. So earlier than the 1960s? Yes. Okay. In southeastern China, it was being plagued by sightings of a figure that resembled what we now think of as the Mothman. In January 1926, locals dubbed him the Mandragon. I could see more of a dragon out of the photo from New York than anything. I could see a dragon too. So the shadowy figure was seen hovering over another word I'm about to butcher. The Xiaon... Xiaon? Xiaonte. Sure. Devin said it a lot better than me, but I am not good at words. Damn. So. Oh, I. It's a I was just like, what? No, it's a damn. <laughs> damn. Damn. Damn, I got that word wrong <laughs> so bad. 
<laughs> so after sightings of it above the dam, disaster struck. The dam collapsed, hitting the surrounding farming village in the form of 40 billion gallons of water. Mm. You ready for this number? Sure. 15,000 people died. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not good. So now for some more less sad things. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell so, you. So we're back to Batman. We're, we're about now. I'm about to tell you about like what what we can do if you want to know more about Mouth Mothman. Mothman? Okay. So if Mothman was seen in 2001, it was that the latest we've seen Mothman was 2001. No, you said 2007. So 2007. So it's not every seven years because 2001 was the World Trade Center. 2007 is only six years. Yeah. Who who knows? Maybe people claim that maybe that's not the real Mothman. Okay. I don't know. All right. So Mothman has its own historical museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, the very town it terrorized in the 60s. Okay. I want to go. Also, the museum is open seven days a week. Point Pleasant has a 12-foot chrome-polished statue of the Mothman, complete with massive steel wings and ruby red eyes. Oh, super. Who paid for that? That sounds pretty expensive, Point Pleasant. But tourists, like, I would go. Point Pleasant also has a Mothman festival that I want to go to. I wrote it in my notes that I want to go there. So do I just wear red sunglasses and, like, wings? Apparently people cosplay. I thought about that. When we started the story, I was like, should I cosplay as a Mothman at Con? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun. The uh, festival... If you want to celebrate the legend of the Mothman, it has events such as the Mothman Hayride, the Mothman 5K. There's oh, a there's my 5K. That's that would that be... I have not been training for for the past month at all. If I were to ever do a 5K, that would be the one I'd do. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there's also a Mothman pageant. Oh, do we dress up like the Mothman? I don't. Do think we wear so. our brightest red? <laughs> I don't think so. But to me, it would be so much funnier if, like, it was literally people all dressed as the Mothman and they had like a Mothman beauty pageant and like the talent portion. How well can you fly like the Mothman? How well can you screech? Does your screech give me vertigo? Can you break this glass with your screech? <laughs> they also have live music, guest speakers, and tons of vendors. This I think seems it legit. Would be pretty cool to go to. When is, when is this festival? The last one I saw was September, maybe. Okay, so it's coming up. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get to West Virginia this year. We could, yeah. Go. So it's the fifteenth and the sixteenth of September this year. We could, could totally go. I want to enter in the pageant. <laughs> <laughs> I want to enter in the pageant dressed as Mothman. Same. All right, so, let's do it. <laughs> all right, let's make our Mothman cosplays. <laughs> How funny would that be? I want my wings to move. Okay, so now that you've yeah. heard all of my stories, what are your thoughts on his idea that Mothman is kind of like a prophesizer of doom? I believe it more. I, and maybe the terrorization of this town. I don't know what it was fucking trying to prevent, but it could have been. I Because believe- it seems there's more of trying to prevent than scare, like actually like causing harm. Right. Even though like... Like a warning. Yeah, like a warning, even though people are like, oh, what's that weird dragon thing in the sky? And then a couple days later, oh, we're drowning because the dam broke. Yeah. I like the idea of the Mothman being something that comes to prophesize, like, hey, here I am. Better watch out the next couple days. Like, I like the idea of that. 
It's interesting. Yeah. I think it's definitely interesting. Yes. So I'm going to say it's every six years, not seven. <laughs> based on random Based happening. on the one the one, the one thing we talked about already. But also there was a sighting in 2007. There was one in 2006 and in one in 2007 that I read to you. Maybe. Okay. So let's go five years, but he like sticks around for two of those years of the seven years. <laughs> he just maths it out somehow. Yeah. No, we'll we'll write this out. We'll see if it works. All right. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out Muff, if Mothman comes every seven years. Muff, Muffman? Muffman. <laughs> he sells muffins. Oh. Oh, could you picture like Mothman dressed in like his little wings and he's got a little muffin tray? Yeah, and he goes, end of days, buy a muffin. <laughs> end of days, buy a muffin. So cute. <laughs> and they just have, like, little smiley face wrappers because he just wants you to be happy in your last moments. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to fly away before disaster strikes, but you should probably leave. But here, take a muffin for your travel. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sweet. He is so sweet. Well, that's the Mothman. It's something I've, I've always wanted to talk about. I think he's interesting. And I never really did a ton more research on it before I did this research. Yeah. So I actually didn't know some of those sightings, and I thought they were pretty interesting. Yeah. No, definitely. So I guess we'll just get into my story. Yeah. I'm excited. Where are we? Um, Where are we going? We are in Stockport. Stockport? In the UK. Ooh. And I want to start off by saying that each article's dates were slightly different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So there was a couple that were the same, so I kept those, but there's a couple that I'm just going to literally read every single date because that's how I decided to do this one. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, the Stockport Workhouse. Okay. So or was known as the Grubber was opened on Christmas Day in 1841. The Grubber? The gr- Grubber. Like, all right, clarify for me, like food grub or like Lion King grub? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking more or less like it was like grubby and gross. Okay, that's also that type of grub. Yep. So that, that that's what I'm, I'm thinking it'd be. Uh, it was open on Christmas Day in 1841, and it was built to accommodate up to 690 inmates. They refer to these people as inmates. And for those of you who don't know what a workhouse is, it was a public institution in the UK where the destitute would receive room and board for exchange for work. Okay. Um, I didn't actually, I don't even think I actually knew that, but I kind of was trying to piece it together. Yeah. So that is the building. It's a pretty sizable building. It's a pretty big building. But supposedly this was supposed to hold 690 people. Yeah. That's not big enough for 690 people. No, not really. It, it, like, there's like more in the back. It's like a like a compound kind of. Yeah. Deal. Everyone was separated by age and gender. The men lived in the north wing, and females lived in the south. The children' quarters and schoolrooms were located in the cross wings of the main block of the building. Okay. So pretty much like. Yes. Like X a, marks X. the spot. I love your dance. <laughs> <laughs> the they were even separated in their exercise yards. For boys and girls. Okay, so they had, like, separate yards. They didn't have, like, one yard. Did they, like, fence it off in the middle and, like... That's what it sounded like, yeah. So they had, like, a yard and they were just like, here's a fence. Yeah. Even though it's just chain link, you can't look at each other. Don't do it. 
Don't don't think about procreating here. Don't you dare. Remember, you're poor. So to the rear of the building, there is the men's and women's sides. It was divided by a kitchen, a dining hall, and a bake. Uh, the wash house and the drying ground for the laundry was located on the women's side, while the smithy and the pigsties were placed on the men's side. Smithy is a blacksmith. Yeah. BT dubs. I figured that was a blacksmith, but like... So you get the laundry to the women, yeah, and you give the blacksmith and the pigs to the men. Yes. <laughs> there was communal washing facilities in the workhouse that were said to have been very modest for the conditions of the building in general. So they could clean themselves, and it was very nice in comparison to the rest of their lives. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. The floors of the main block were connected by a concrete staircase, and overhead, there were overhead rails to prevent the inmates from falling or jumping down the stairwell. Overhead rails. Like, so think of a stairwell. Okay, yeah. And then, so they, like, put, like, a rail, like, a cage. Like a cage around the, the hall. Yeah. The, like, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But shortly after opening, there was a decline in manufacturing in the area. And it led to demonstrations and riots. Of course it did. Yeah, right? So by August 1842, so not even a full year yet, oh geez. Uh, the workhouse was attacked by a mob of unemployed workers. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so pretty much the people who were so poor they couldn't survive were attacking the workhouse that was providing the poor with jobs. Jobs. So. But the poorhouse was too full to support the other poor people. So they were just, like, jealous or upset by this, maybe. Yeah. Okay. 14 people were convicted of the riot and had to sit in prison for six months to await trial. Wow. But they were not the only ones struggling. During this time, there was upwards of 20,000 people out of work with no resources to get help, the help they needed in the poverty. That's a lot. That's sad. Yeah. The proceedings of the trial in the Stockport were mostly about extortion of money for the mills and shopkeepers. So, they were just trying to get people paid and so on and so forth. So, it wasn't really helping. It it sounded more or less it wasn't really helping the people who were rioting. Right. So, because they were getting convicted of things. So, it, it wasn't really helping them. Not the poor people. No, not the poor people. And so I found mars- m- multiple articles that said this, and I don't really know what it means. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so, let's but say I'm it gonna, anyway. Yep, I'm going to say it anyway. So one notable episode from its history is a group of rioters descended on the Stockport workhouse, turning out the workers from the hat-making mills and print works. So it's like turning out mean like what kicking them out kicking them out taking their jobs i would assume that turning them out means that they were kind of kicking them out and trying to take their take over the jobs yeah so that's what i sort of thought that's what i would assume it means yeah and then after there was another attack on the workhouse where a mob forced their way in and began to help themselves to bread and money (laughs) uh 672 seven pound loaves of bread were taken. That's a lot of bread. That's heavy bread. (laughs) (laughs) My first thought's like, how big is this bread? Well, is it like really dense bread? (laughs) Is the loaf of bread as big as this table? Like, well, I don't don't really know. Seven pounds. And then a ton of copper was taken away as well. Copper? Copper. 
During that riot, the authorities were called and they captured about 40 of the rioters that stole bread and copper. Well, yeah, because the bread is so big, it's slowing them down. They can't (laughs) run. (laughs) He's trying to carry a loaf of bread that's five feet long. Yeah, but they're hungry. Gosh. (laughs) And then for some reason, a large group of the rioters left and it sort of just stopped. Okay. I think they were like going to try to find better things in life. Maybe they're like, all right, we're obviously not getting much here. Yes. So now we're going to get darker. How much darker? Are you ready? Never, but okay. So in 1894, a British medical journal set up a commission to investigate the conditions of the workhouse in their infirmaries. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds great. Have an idea where this is going? Yeah, a little bit. The commission found that due to the trade depression, inmates in the workhouse were packed like sardines in a tin. Of course they were. So way over the 690 people that the building could support. (laughs) Yeah, that seems about right. Yep. Um, Former school rooms have been repurposed into rooms for the wards or the inmates. There's no longer school for the children. They're just working. Okay. Yep. That's not good. And though the people who are running the place were praised for their energy for doing their best that they could do under the discouraging circumstances... The management appeared to be completely without a plan or a method. So, like, pretty much, they were just going with the flow. Okay, so they're like, yeah, you guys are doing a great job, but the, these people are just like, we're, we're just going with it. We're just, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, they're alive, aren't they, right? That's not a great way to run things. No. The, the female uh, inmates were described as comfortless and barn-like at that time. What is that supposed to mean? I'm pretty sure that more or less means that they have their home. And their home is like this two by two foot square where they do everything because it's so overpopulated. It it makes me kind of think that like they don't care about anyone else now. They're like, I care about me and my shit. So I'm not going to comfort you. If you're sad, and I don't know what barn-like or whatever means. I'm just assuming, like, they ate and shit in the same place. You know, not proper women anymore, and they're, like, more feral, opposed to what the the time frame thinks of, you know? Yeah. So. They don't smell as good. They don't smell like clean laundry. They smell like the pigs. <laughs> Many of the, like, the wards were so crowded that it presented a serious danger for a case of a fire. Uh, it would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did Was there a fire? No, there was no fire. <sighs> okay. No, not, not that I know of. All right. And so the only thing that this commission accomplished during this visit was they built a new infirmary in 1905. That's it? That's it. Because people be sick. <laughs> because oh, overpopulation... And germs. Yeah, that's not going to help them much. No, not at all. So, after 1912, the workhouse was officially known as the Stockport Poor Law Institution. Before being renamed as the Shaw Heath Hospital in 1948. So now it's just a hospital. Yep. I don't like where that's going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it turns into a hospital. and And then in 1954, so like... Less than 10 years later, they changed the name of the hospital to the St. Thomas Hospital. Okay. Yep. Not a lot of history on the hospitals itself, but I'm assuming it wasn't great. 
I don't feel like hospitals are ever great in this world that we live in here on this podcast. Yep. Because the hospital cared for thousands of elderly and psychiatric patients. Mm. Before its closure... Between 2004 and 2007. <laughs> oh, wow. They were open later than... Yeah. They they were open a long time. Yeah. So, like, most of the articles I read uh, was that they did close in 2004, but I did read, two that they said close in 2007. So, not quite sure right. where you're getting your facts from. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. It is later than we would typically think for... Yeah. The site was acquired by the Stockport College and had planned to refurbish and rebuild the building in 2011. Okay. But something fell through and the building remains condemned. Oh. So they don't have the building. Well, they they have it. They own it. They just didn't do anything with it. It's just a building. It's just a building sitting there being decrepit. It is estimated that about 25,000 people pass through the doors of the building through its life. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah. From, like, the workhouse to the hospitals, the psychiatric hospitals. So, there was a lot going on there. There is still the original mortuary slab still in the building. Mm, no. Yep. Take that out. It is a... It's like it's like a slab literally in a corner with a groove down it to drain the blood. Ew. No. Stop. <laughs> Why is that there? Take it out. But it has hauntings to it. Oh, it's still scary. Because in this room with the multi- the slab, it is believed that people were not actually dead once the autopsy was beginning performing. Oh, no. Or whatever they called whatever they were cutting them open for. Oh, no. Yes. That's not good. Yes. This room has a very dark energy. It stays in the room, but it's not identified like... Like, there's a bunch of mediums that have gone into the building, and they're like, I can't get a name, the person's, like, too dark, and, like, but, like... There's an entity, but it's too... Yeah. Okay. It's too... It's too... Bad? Broken inside. Too sad? Too sad. It's in, it's in a depression of blackness from being cut open alive. Oh, that's so sad. That's so traumatizing. Yes. That's, like, my biggest fear. Being cut open alive? Honestly, I have this really big fear of, like, dying, and then they take me to, like, do the autopsy crap, and I'm not dead. Well, okay. I know that it's not that likely. <laughs> there are an awful lot of rules to declare someone dead now. <laughs> I so. know, but it's still a fear. <laughs> I know. I, I, I totally get it. a list of irrational fears, and that's on it, along with finding bodies in crawl spaces. <laughs> You want to go in my root cellar? No, I've seen it. It looks terrifying. <laughs> Devin wants to go in the root cellar. <laughs> so people have stated that in this room and in the hospital in general, that they have felt uneasy or had an unhappy feeling. They start to begin to feel unhappy. I would feel unhappy too. Yeah. There is said that there is a ghost of a man that has been seen in one of the offices of the the manager. I don't know what, who, I forgot the name. And there's also been smells of, like, cigarette or cigar smoke in that office. Okay. So there's, like, it kind of, like, the guy who ran things? Yeah. The guy who wasn't crammed in there with, like, 20 people. He had his own room. He had his own room. He got to go home to his... His... I was about to say his husband and his <laughs> wife. <laughs> He's 
living the dream. He's living the dream. He's got a husband and a wife. Does he have kids? No. No, just a husband and a wife. Just a husband and a wife because like... A dog? No, I think he doesn't have time for a dog. I feel like he's a workaholic. Okay, but he's got a husband and a wife who can take care of them. <laughs> the husband and wife can take care of each other while he's home. <laughs> he's just their sugar daddy. Real. <laughs> he just brings in the money during the horrible times. Oh, God. Uh, so there have been uh, loud bangs um, and like footsteps that have been heard throughout the hospital. And some things have even been thrown out of nowhere at people. That creeps me out. Yeah. It always does. And I see it in so many stories. Yeah. So uh, I did watch. I There's a show called Most Haunted. It's pretty much Britain's Most Haunted. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much ghost hunters, but with a medium. Um, and they go around and they just do, they do seances. And it's more like a don't tempt fate to me thing. Don't they do, do seances. Like, like, they did a seance in this episode. Oh, no. And so they used like a glass for the seance and they left they they left the glass on the table and they went to go explore again after the seance because they're like oh because this one girl's like choking to death during our seance and the medium's like oh the ghost is trying to speak through her and she's like dying oh no <laughs> and so they stop the seance and they're like okay we'll just wander around and all of a sudden you hear glass shattering and the, the glass cup is on the ground and then there have been other reports of, like, in that mortuary room, things getting thrown at you. Probably by the very sad Well, entity. yeah, I can understand why they're throwing shit at people. Yeah. Oh, so sad. Um, people have ju- have been touched. And there have been other ghosts that have been recorded, reported, including a woman who was either a nurse or a nun, a doctor. Reporting of a sightings of them? Yeah. Oh. Yes. A young woman and her friend went to go visit the workhouse, wander around, take pictures. Okay. Throughout the trip, they kept hearing noises above them on the upper floors, like footsteps and, like, just stomping and, like, just weird noises in general. That didn't just sound like a creaking... Yeah. So they were just walking through, taking pictures, just taking in the creepiness of the building in general. They, they, They said it was eerie, but it wasn't, like, anything that, like, really scared them. Well, kind of probably just like in a dilapidated building would be. Is yeah. that the correct word? Sure. Yes. That's a word, right? Yes, it That's is. a word. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> when the woman returned home, she looked at the photos of her trip to the workhouse, and she was amazed to see that an apparition in the background was standing in front of her, or in front of her friend, in the elevator shaft. Oh. Um, and I have a picture. Oh, you have a picture of it? Yes. If okay. I can open it. If I want to see it. It will open. Make it open. I want to see it. Oh, no. So that is the doctor. That's a person. That is a person. A person that was not standing there at the end of the hallway to begin with. Oh, no. Yes. So in the photo, there is a woman with a backpack. So I'm, I'm assuming her friend walking down the hallway in front of her. And she's taking a picture, and in one of the pictures, it looks to be someone in whites, like a white lab coat with a white uh, doctor's mask. Yeah, I see a doctor's mask and a white coat. Yes, standing, like, maybe ten feet in front of the woman. We need to post this picture when we post this episode. This is so creepy. Yeah, that was 
everywhere when I was looking up. Oh, I yeah. Bet. But yeah, it's just a creepy person standing at the end of a fucking hallway. Like there have been, I didn't pull up the video and I forgot to pull up the video, but there has also been um, a video. And so there's someone walking down a hallway. And so like, think of walking down a hallway and there's like a little like corridor to your right. Okay. Okay. So in that corridor, as he gets closer, it looks like a flashlight puts a glare on someone's face, but it's only just their face. Right? Okay. So I, in my story, I called it a face or an orb, but it definitely looked like a fucking face to me. Oh, no. <laughs> right? So they're walking down, and as they get closer, the face turns and walks down into the darkness away from the hallway. Oh, that's, I want to see. That's creepy. Yeah. We so, gotta look this up later. Yeah. So pretty much, that, w- that was really creepy. And a lot of people said it was an orb, and I'm like, that's a, that's a face. <laughs> like, there's definitely, like, some definition of a face. And it, like... When you're watching the video, because I watched it a couple times, it looks like someone literally just turns and leaves. Oh. Like, because it looks like they turn to the side profile and leaves. That's so weird. Right? Oh, I gotta see it when we're done. Okay. We're pretty much almost done here, though. But uh, the Stockport Warehouse has been featured, like I said, on Most Haunted. It was season nine, episode seven. And like I said, it was Britain's Ghost Hunters. Okay. You can okay. watch it on Amazon Prime if you have it. Because that's where I watched it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is the Stockport Workhouse, Shaw Heath Hospital, St. Thomas Hospital. I'm really proud of you for knowing all those names without looking at your phone. I did the research. I know, but today. Still. <laughs> <laughs> I did my story yesterday. It's fine. So, yeah, so that's it. So, like, I was. With all of the history of how awful this building was. Like the riots. and The riots and just the workhouse life in general and the hospitals. Like, you, they were holding psychiatric patient, patients. I was sort of disappointed with the fact that there wasn't more haunting information. Do you think that part of that could be because the building was open for so long and there's just not a lot of reports on it yet. Like, not a lot of people have gone there and searched like, it out. Because not a lot of people have gone in because it closed in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it could be. But we're, like, we're already at, um, approaching 15 years yeah. now. Like, But it just maybe that could be a possible reason why. Because, like, other places we have hundreds of years of, you know sightings or something you know it could be could be part of the reason why but who knows yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to see like maybe in like a few years if there's any other new yeah anything new comes out of that yeah i did uh so when i was looking for more information on this i came across i i I have to pull it up for you i came across the creepiest photo ever and it was like ghost photo bombs family photo and it's literally it looks like someone running down the stairs behind these two kids oh no is yeah. it there or is it some- no it's somewhere it's- else but i like came across it in my uh, in your research in my research okay I oh here see- it is oh no i'm nervous oh that's creepy right it's just like a woman running down the stairs yeah it's weird because it's like a woman but her feet are blurry her feet are blurry and it looks like she's wearing like a nighty like a, a like floor length nighty something like i just zoomed in a lot on the picture of the woman but but i, I wanted to show you that photo too so 
That's crazy. That's yeah. interesting. So I don't know. I don't know where that place is. I didn't really look into it, but I wanted to Maybe show you. one day we'll figure it out. Thank you for enjoying and listening to our podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Podbean, because that's where we started on Podbean. You can follow us on our social media sites on Instagram at Marble Forest Podcast, Twitter at the MFCast, and you can email us your stories of your personal experiences, your mysteries, what have you at marbleforestpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and we also do have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast. I believe. Yes. (laughs) I I don't think I put a the in there. So I'm pretty sure it's facebook.com slash marbleforestpodcast. So like and follow our page. Keep up on us. You could probably talk to me more because I run that and... (laughs) I tend to run our Instagram and Twitter. Yes. And I'll just retweet things on Twitter. (laughs) Share our stuff with your friends. Yes. Share our podcast. Tell them we're awesome. Blah, 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 blah. you can just kind of tweet at us at Twitter and say hi and I'll respond. Yeah. And Amber will screenshot it and send it to me. I do screenshot a lot of them and send them to Jesse. I've been bad about it like lately, but I've been busy. Yeah. We'd like to give a special thank you. To Jenna, who created our amazing logo and banner. It's beautiful. It is so beautiful. We have it framed here in our podcast studio. And you can find her on Etsy and Instagram at Agenda. So like, uh, Jenna, like Jen, duh. Um, well, you can find all of these links on our, uh. Podbean.com slash Marble Forest. Marble Forest. Yes. You can find it there. There's a whole tab for a special thanks. And Jenna's information is all in there. Yes, and um, I'd like to give a special thanks to my cousin Cameron, who did our music, who you might hear get tweaked every once in a while. <laughs> we're still getting down well, We're still process. working on it. And we want to thank Devin, as always. Devin, who loves us. And puts up with our shit. And edits most of our podcasts, even though we all help. And thank you guys for listening. It means a lot to us. Yes. Please show your support. Come out in droves and show us your support so we can continue to do this and not feel like we're failures. Because we love doing this. We do love doing this. This is seriously what I look forward to all the time. And it honestly helps a lot with my mental health to have something to work towards. Well, because, you know, like I said, I've been like in a super like mopey, depressed mood like the past couple of days. And like, because I didn't really have my story finished today. (laughs) And it was like. Well, we can record next week. And I'm like, no, we should do it today because it always makes me happy to record. Thanks for listening because it definitely helps us feel good about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And have a blessed day. Have a happy new year. Goodbye. (laughs) Not even New Year's. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.